Episode 30 starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri lead learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Hawkins, principal at Maple Elementary School in Smithville, Missouri. And I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, elementary assistant principal at Maple Elementary in Smithville, Missouri. This week's guest is a reading specialist in Virginia, a blogger, encourage relationship builder Christina DeHaro is, is a passionate educator who is all in for kids and focused on leaving a positive vibe anywhere she goes. In one of her recent blog posts, The Power to Believe, Christina said this, when you stop believing, you give up. We can't afford to give up on ourselves or others. We are worth more than that. The power of belief allows us to accomplish things that we once thought were impossible. Christina, we look forward to accomplishing great things with you on today's episode. I look forward to this too. I'm, I've I've been really excited about doing this and kind of sharing what I've you know been thinking about and connections in Twitter that have helped me to really get to where I am today. Awesome. So help our audience to get to know you a little bit better and tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, like you said, um, educator, reading specialist. This is actually I'm going into my twentieth year. So this is a pretty big year for me. Um, I am a mother of two high school girls. Um, one will be a senior, one will be a freshman, so this is a big year for them. Um, my husband and I are also celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary this year, so we have a lot of things to be celebrating um, this year. This is the second school that I've actually worked in. Um, I taught in a different district. I was a first grade teacher, a third grade teacher for about eight years. And then I went back to school and I knew that I wanted to help kids with reading. And so I became a reading specialist and decided I'm going to do a lot of changes. So I changed schools, district. Um, it, it was a lot all in once, but if I had to go back, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Awesome. Christina, what is your hashtag for education and how do you honor this hashtag? Um, my hashtag is love literacy learning, um, which as a reading specialist, of course, I have to include literacy. But the learning part, I think, especially for someone um, who has been teaching for 20 years, is to not only want your students to become learners and the colleagues that you work with to become learners, but you yourself have to be a learner. You have to be a lifelong learner because you can't expect students or your colleagues to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Um, and then, of course, I included love because this is my passion. I don't when people ask me what I do and they say, oh, you're a teacher. I it, to me, it's so much more than that. This is my passion. It's my calling. It's what I've always wanted to do. So um, I included those three things, a love of what I do, combination of literacy and everything that I do, and then constant learner. I love what you said. I just we, uh, recently read uh, stories, not stories from web, but the other book, Sparks in the Dark. Yes. Uh, Todd Nesloni and um, Travis Crowder, I yes. believe, um, you know, shared about how important it is for us to share what we're reading, either even from the office standpoint to anybody in the building, uh, and having that um, example for kids, and um, even writing memoirs and personal stories, um, and bringing that in. I think you kind of uh, bring that up in a great light that we have to be an example of, you know, failing forward or the growth mindset or uh, just reading in general and uh, so kids can see that example and, and follow it so right. I mean there's not there's nothing worse than you asking a kid what are you reading and what do you like about it and if you aren't prepared for that kid to turn that question around on you and say well what are you reading right now as an educator if we were to say oh I don't have time for reading 
what message are we sending to our kids that we think it's important for them to do it, but not important enough for us to put that as a priority. So that's why to me, it's, it's very important that I model everything that I would expect someone else to be doing. Awesome. Well, kind of a relevant question. Share a message from a book that you've recently read or uh, that you uh, think would cause our listeners to take action. So being that many teachers are either starting school this week or they've been in school or getting ready to start school, I actually just finished reading um, The Zen Teacher. And it was perfect timing because I, I had read a lot of professional development this summer and I felt like this book was completely different than everything else that I had read because it really just helped me to refocus into making time for myself. Um, I have a very difficult time saying no. And so when I have one person walking in the door and another person walking out the door, I constantly am saying yes to my colleagues, to my students. I come home and then I'm saying yes to my kids and my family. And I've just learned that I also need to say yes to myself. So um, if you have not read it, I absolutely recommend it by Dan um, Tricario. And it just really helps you find time to just relax and breathe and prioritize so that you can be your best because you can't provide for others if you don't provide for yourself. And if you're not in the right mindset, you won't be able to do that for other people either. That's great. Have you read Path to Serendipity? I have. That's one of the books that I read this summer. Yes. It reminds me of that, you know, just yeah, very similar. Well, yes. Great message. Okay, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by. Okay, so one thing that is going well for me, um, last year for those um, people listening to this, watching this, um, I actually just recently joined Twitter. I, um, in April, I became active in Twitter. Um, a colleague and my best friend, um, Kelly Hoggard, many of you may have heard, she's the founder of Chant for Kids. Um, we both said that we were getting to the point in our careers where we wanted to make changes, but being that we are the only people in our building, it's very difficult to connect with someone in the building who understands what you're going through. And so, yes, we have colleagues um, in the district, but we wanted to make bigger um, connections, worldwide connections. So something that I think that has gone well since April is absolutely putting myself out there and getting out of my comfort zone, um, starting Twitter, starting a blog. Um, this is the second podcast that I'm doing, moderating Twitter chats, participating in Twitter chats. So doing a lot of things that normally I would have just kind of been, and I think that, that I've said this before is that is quote, and just sticking with what I was normally doing all the time. And I, that's not good enough for me and it's not good enough for my kids. And it's not good enough for the people that um, surround me. Um, they expect more from me and I expect more from me. So really pushing myself out of the status quo and into the status quo and doing brand new things that I've never done before. And like Eric said, if I fail, at least I'm failing forward. It's my first attempt in learning. I'm trying it. It's something that, you know, I'm showing with my kids. Um, something that I still want to continue working on. Last year, I gave myself the goal of being a more positive person. And I don't think I realized what an impact it would make in myself and those people around me. But this year, my word is determined. So I'm very determined to make my goals, help people make their goals and really achieve things that at once maybe we had put on the back burner because we thought we have so many other things going on. 
But if we never take it off of the back burner, we're never going to achieve those goals. So I'm determined this year to actually achieve and make progress towards the things that we're writing on these lists, whether they're short term or long term, but at least we're making progress towards them. That's so great. And I know, you know, we've connected on PBIS and I feel like every Twitter chat I'm on that you're on there as well. Um, but, you know, just the, for example, that post you shared about being determined uh, made me reflect and think about what am I going to focus on this year um, and really dive into that and kind of hold ourselves accountable as we uh, partake in these Twitter chats and we talk about what we're doing in our buildings or uh, in our classrooms. And um, I just think that's great that you're getting out there and you're sharing that message. And, and the fruit of that comes from, you know, opportunities like this where we can connect or uh, people are responding to your post and uh, really sharing what they're passionate about and, um, you know, just kind of moving forward uh, in full stride and uh, having no excuses when it, when it comes to getting that done. So. Some have to turn your quotes into graphics. Yeah. I know. I love it. I used it so much. <laughs> I actually, well, I'm going to, I actually yeah, paid the favor for somebody else because someone wrote a, a blog recently, um, go glow and grow. And so because you had done that for me, I said, you know what, I'm going to pay this forward. So I made something for them and they retweeted it and it's gotten retweeted so many times. And I've even shared um, the status quo, status quo in, in, in my building. And it's just like Eric said, it's so easy to make excuses. It's so much easier to say, oh, it's not going to work because, or the kids aren't ready because. But really the because and those excuses are reasons we don't think it's possible. It's not that we don't think we can do it, but there's something that's keeping us, like I said, in our comfort zone. And if you want to make big changes, you have to be uncomfortable. And it's okay to be uncomfortable, but the number one thing to do is to really surround yourself participate in Twitter chats, connect with people who are going to give you feedback. You may never meet these people face to face, but I feel like some of the connections that I've made, I mean, I feel like I've known people forever and it's only been months just because you see them. And if you, you see that they've tweeted something, or if I see that their name, you know, they're participating in a chat that I've never done. Well, because we've made that connection, I'm going to try that chat now because I, I I'm following what they're saying and I want to be part of that. So it, it's definitely powerful with the people that you surround yourself. And as long as they have the same mindset that you're moving forward, we don't all have to agree 100% of the time, but we do have to agree that we're looking for student success. Cool. Okay. What three words would you use to describe the person who has made the greatest impact on your life? And why do those words come to mind? Hmm. Supportive. I would have to say um, challenging and honest. Um, my high school journalism teacher, um, I was very quiet all through elementary school, middle school. I really never found my place. I just kind of went through the motions of going to classes, doing what I was supposed to do. Um, I would be the stereotypical conformist. I didn't cause any problems. I turned everything in. I met deadlines. But I don't think that anything that I did was life shattering um, with any of my teachers. And then I met my journalism teacher and she's really probably where that whole status quo came from. Um, it wasn't enough for her that I was getting good grades. She wanted me to do more. She asked me to be um, part of the journalism team. I ended up being my managing editor. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually participated in an administrator conference 
and saw her and she walked up to me and I actually have tweeted about her several times recently. Um, she was the epitome of everything I needed in that moment, especially in high school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't know what kind of teacher. And although she teaches high school, I took much of what she did on a daily basis. She was doing things in the classroom that no other teacher I had ever seen. Um, she was innovative. She was supportive. If you failed, it was okay. But she, And she wouldn't let you just give up. She held you accountable for everything. She challenged you. She told you what you needed to hear, not necessarily what you wanted to hear. Um, so definitely those three words. And she comes to mind hands down. Awesome. What's been a game-changing moment for you in the field of education? Probably, I would say, when the moment that I decided that I wanted to be a reading specialist. Um, because at first, when I started taking classes, I was a third grade teacher. I had many struggling readers in my classroom. And in college, I received a degree saying that I was a teacher and someone trusted me with kids. But I don't know that I could have said that I was a reading teacher and I knew exactly what to do. I could tell that my kids were struggling. The problem for me was I've always loved reading and that was always my passionate um, thing to do on my own. Like I said, in middle school, I was a very quiet person. So I spent my entire middle school career really reading. So when I started taking those reading classes, it really got to me and thinking, okay, I can help my kids in my classroom, which on an average was about 25 kids a year or I can become a reading specialist and impact classroom teachers, which is tenfold, 25 teachers per class, and in an average in the building, about 600 kids. So how many kids could I impact? And even if those teachers leave and go somewhere else, now they're taking that with them. Um, so the moment that I finally decided I wasn't taking the classes just for myself, but really to become a reading specialist, that was definitely life-changing for me. Cool. All right. If your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Repping the QT cups today. <laughs> How do you promote self-care? I think getting to know people where they are. Um, I can't really offer support if I don't know what they need support in, but also knowing their strengths. I like to call them. I've never liked pros and cons. There's a negative connotation. So if you've ever participated in a Twitter chat with me, you've probably heard me say glows and grows. I've been using glows and grows for the longest time. Glows are things that I want you to be aware of that maybe you're not aware that you're doing. And then grows are just things to consider. These are areas that I think that changes could be made. Here's another suggestion. Um, but we can't do any of that without reflecting. So I think that in order to have that self-care, you have to take the time to reflect. But I need to make sure that when I'm helping someone reflect as a coach, that it's non-judgmental and that I'm there to really be a listener and to provide the support that they're asking me rather than me providing support that I think that they need in order to move forward. It's not about my goals. It's about their goals. So I need to find a way that I can help them so that they are successful and they feel like they um, are moving forward. Okay, well, with the start of a new school year, we are promoting hashtag all in August this month. What is one focus you have for the 1819 school year and how are you going all in? 
So this summer I participated in um, the Hive Summit, something I've, again, I've never done before. Um, very overwhelming, but very powerful. I wanted to watch every one of those videos. I did, I'm a very competitive person for people who know me, and I had to get out of that breakout. Um, I got down to one clue and I finally got it. Um, I was very proud of that. But one thing that I really want to do is think about inno innovative ways that I can get my struggling readers as well as my advanced readers to respond and demonstrate comprehension. Um, I also sat, saw Matt Miller recently and with Ditch Homework, Ditch the Textbook. So I know that worksheets aren't acceptable. I know that there's more to that. We haven't been doing worksheets. And now that we've gone one to one, what else can we do? So this year, I really want to look at sketch noting. I also want to do book bento. I've not, I'm not sure if you're um, familiar with that. So that's something that I'm really pushing. Um, I want to share with my teachers and then I want to do um, with my kids and have them demonstrate comprehension in a completely different way. And there are things that I've never done before. So one of the first things I'm going to tell my kids is we're going to learn this together. So we're going to do sketch noting together. We're going to do the book bentos together and we're going to figure it out. So I think that's the best way rather than me coming in saying we have to do this. We're going to learn how to do this together. So those are the two things that I've told myself this year. I'm again, determined to try something new. And those are the two that I want to do. Awesome. I'm, I'm a book. A book I'm curious now. now. It, it's very cool. You take um, a text and you take the cover of a book and then you take actual objects and put the objects around the book and then you take a picture of it and then you can include it in Google Slides. You can include just the picture, but then that student, whether in a group, they have to justify why they selected those objects for that particular book or the students in the group can justify why they think that person has selected those. In order to determine whether or not they relate to the book, you have to have read the book. I mean, it, it's pretty, it's not just a, you know, fill in the blank or matching the definition to this. It's really, can you think about the characters, the problem, the resolution, the conflict, the plot, everything, but it's having them demonstrate it in a completely new way. Students, but not with books, but to get to know them. And so it was like, a, book snaps, but it meant like all about the students. So um, I could totally see using that and then eventually saying, hey, we had a lot of fun with this. Let's use this in a um, for our reading groups or for books and then engage. I mean, yeah, you could do it for anything. I've already been thinking because we do a lot of language arts um, integration with content. You could pick significant events in history and have them represent different things. Um, and going to what you said, Eric, we used to do for years, they used to do an all about me bag. And so I would give the kids a paper bag. They would take it home. Their task would be five to 10 objects they had to bring in. They would pull it out of the bag if it was a little cat stuffed animal, because obviously you can't bring your real cat to school. <laughs> and we would try to figure out, oh, do you have a kitten? Do you like cats? But then it made connections because somebody else in the room would say, oh, I like that too. Or, oh, what, what, what's your cat's name? My cat's name is. So anytime that you can help them make connections without taking the anxiety of now I have to write about it. Nobody wants to write. Nobody gets excited when the teacher stands in front of class and says, OK, we just finished reading Lord of the Flies and I want you to write a 10 page essay. That's not exciting. But if you could do a book bento or a sketch note on it, that's exciting because it allows you to be creative. Have you read Bold School? I know we're throwing out all these Dave Burgess books. And, I, I have. I have. Think of that too, where you take a traditional lesson and then you 
flip it or do one other aspect and, and create that engagement level for students. Um, and sketch noting, I know, was mentioned in there, and just, you know, uh, little pieces that we can tweak and make so much better. And, and um, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but just tweak it a little bit and make it run a little smoother. So. Cool. Exactly. And I think that doing these activities, everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, any advice or um, perspectives that I've read through Twitter chats is it's not just busy work. The kids are actually engaged. They want to do this. When you tell them, OK, time's up, we have to go to lunch or time's up, you have to go home. And they're asking, oh, can we take this home? Can we finish this at home? That tells me you're excited. I'm empowering you now to be excited about learning and taking it into your own hands. And then the kids are excited and they want to share that with their family members. They want to go home and say, can I can I take this home? So that's what I'm looking forward to is getting kids excited about learning. Awesome. Yeah. OK, we've come to the moment in this interview where it's time to share your fast five. We're going to fire five questions at you and we want you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. All right, here we go, Renee, fire away. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Pause. Would you rather go deep sea diving or bungee jumping? Bungee jumping. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? Actress. <laughs> <laughs> Who is one person you will collaborate, collaborate with to go all in this month? Kelly Hoggard. And would you rather make a phone call or send a text? Phone call. All right. Thank you so much, Christina. This is... Uh, been awesome to get to talk to you and dive deeper in uh, to everything. Um, is there any messages or anything you want to share before we close out? The um, sure. For, first, thank you so much um, for the opportunity. But as we begin um, the school year, even though it is my 20th year, we always get those little butterflies in our stomach. Um, if I can give any piece of advice, just know that you are not alone. Even if you feel alone on your grade level, there's someone else in your building who feels the same way that you can make connections with. There's someone in your district, there's someone in social media. So the moment where you feel like you are completely alone, just remember that there are thousands and thousands of us. And whether this is your first day or your 20th, or this is the year that you are retiring, I'm sure that we're all gonna have good days and bad days. Um, but just know that each day that you've made it is one day that you've survived. So, you know, always try to find the positive and the good in each day. There's always something that you can smile about. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, great message. Tune in next week to learn more as we share, share Mo EDU. Thank you, Christina. Thank you.